Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple mind, people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I need to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. It's uh, December 12, 2017 here, uh, heading into week 15 of the NFL season already. Getting uh, into the swing of things here at the holiday season. Thinking about approach the uh, approach Christmas. Um, just like uh, with the uh, the weather here with my picks, it's getting a little colder out, that's for sure. But uh, I'm sure it's a little bit warmer out there in Vegas. How uh, how you doing out there, Crabber? Yeah, not too bad. Hanging in there, just got done with my two finals today, so I'm pretty excited about that. It's been a long last, uh, say, 30 hours here, so it's been pretty nice to get that off my plate. Kind of a grind, but also I have to go coach a little bit of basketball today, a little middle school, so we'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah? Going to teach them how to rip those boards down and keep the elbows up and start swinging them to protect those rebounds, or what? Yeah, that's right. I might have to get my, my full suit on, get my whiteboard, sitting there screaming at the referees, pointing at their chest, get, uh, get the full, full gamut going. Robbie Knight. That's right. Throwing chairs. <laughs> Make a little 30 for 30 about you down the road. Yeah, well, I'm trying to get into the big leagues, all right? There you go. Uh, all righty. Well, let's uh, start it off. We just got done with week 14 on the NFL. Uh, let's do like we normally do here to kick off the podcast and do a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right. Well, for, uh, for me, for week 14, it was... Um, not a not a huge week. I didn't get uh, involved a ton. It was just uh, my my pick of the week didn't come through on the Jets, which I, I knew it was just a situationally a pretty terrible spot. I uh, mean, you've had a Jets team that's overperformed for the last month and a half, and a Denver team that basically hasn't had a pulse for the, you know, the last two months. Um, I I just kind of figured, uh, you know, I'll just bet the team has been better because that's kind of the way the NFL has been working the last handful of weeks and. Uh, even though it's obvious, and usually I'm much more of a situational player and you know spot dependent, I figured, all right, I'll just ignore it. And then, of course, the Jets couldn't lay a bigger egg, and for some reason, the Broncos looked like uh, they came out with their hair on fire, and so they were all playing for their lives. So I don't know exactly what the turnaround was after they, you know, had, had been lifeless there for months on end. But so that was pretty frustrating. I lost the pick of the week there, and I went one and two overall. I uh, know we went head to head in that. Rams uh, Eagles game, which was kind of a good back and forth game, and um, and I don't know if I guess the Eagles were maybe maybe the right side, but it seemed pretty coin flippy to me. Uh, and then of course the the Wentz injury um, was kind of the big takeaway from that game, regardless of the result. Um, and then the Niners got there fairly easily. My man Jimmy G been riding that uh, bandwagon for a while, and uh, it's I think the public's going to be all over him you know, either the last couple weeks and coming in the next year for sure, but. Anyway, uh, how how week fourteen treats you overall, Rob? Yeah, pretty good. Just keep climbing my way up, uh, trying to get back to even here, even par. But uh, no, not too bad. I can't complain. I 
the, the one game I wanted to release uh, was that that over in that New England game last last night. So I'm glad I didn't do that. I didn't get to, didn't quite get there as a release player. Was that brutal? Didn't have it myself. Brutal and brutal what? For overbackers, when they're New England's got the ball first and goal from like the inch line, and Brady's done that sneak a million times that gets in like 99 percent of the time. Oh, and all they need is that to get that touchdown and get it over, and they miss for four straight times from the goal line, and the total ends at 47. Yeah, now you're telling me I would would have seen it firsthand and had some uh, some real money on it. So <laughs> not I shouldn't say a lot of money. I just said real money as in not play money. So don't take that the wrong way. Not like I'm betting uh, tons of money by any means, but. Um, yeah, so it's pretty frustrating, like you said, to watch that go down. But I, I myself, I waited and shopped for, uh, I waited till the market went down a little bit. I got a 47, and uh, I guess we'll get to that next time, but uh, next segment. But uh, that would be, you know, another thing with the key number. But so I'm glad I didn't release it. Is what I guess the final point I'm trying to make, because especially even if I would have released it, uh, like I said, bet it myself. If I did release, it would have been 47 and a half probably. And uh, hold on, he still hear me? Yeah, I can hear. Oh, I was just—I was locked in before you keep going there. Um, I was locked in a fantasy battle with cousin Luke in in Pete's league, and uh, I had Drake and he had Jarvis Landry for Miami. And every time Drake would pull a little bit ahead, and the next thing you know, Landry would score a touchdown and come right back. And he ended up beating me by one point. It was pretty frustrating. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's for sure. Huh. Yeah, speaking of fantasy, yeah, I had uh, Brady against uh, Burkhead. And there was Burkhart, Burkhead, how you and uh <laughs> I had a couldn't quite get it done. Rexy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, back to I don't know what happened there. I just lost my my TV screens here, but in the the Roan Sports Studio, but uh back Shutting you down the feds are watching. Yeah, I guess. I maybe I got to close my blinds here a little bit. But uh um or as I saying, yeah, I, so just really, I didn't release the play, but if I would have it would have been 47 and a half. So long story short, I'm glad I didn't uh Still like that over. I think it, you know, rightfully should have got there. Although the the Patriots offense kind of just looked like they weren't there. But, um, but yeah, the rest of my rest of my plays, I got them all home. I like you said, we went head to head there in that Philly Los Angeles game. Philly was my strongest play of the week, along with Atlanta, which I didn't actually release because of the because of the line move. But um, I did have it as a play a pick of the week, and I still liked it. And it, I don't even know if that was definitely wasn't a a great play. It was kind of a back and forth game, and they ended up sneaking it out by three there. But um, but like you said, San Francisco, I think was a pretty good play. We, we were on that Jimmy G bandwagon. So keep riding that train. I think pretty soon here, especially I think this week might be kind of where it stops for me, but well, I guess we'll see. Uh, but yeah, other than that, then I also had the under probably one of my best plays of the year. Not that I was really watching it all week, but I kind of just, uh, saw what was going on and saw the weather and the, the wind and everything else and the big windstorm. And I thought 38 and a half is what I released it at 39 and a half. I got myself. I thought that was a bargain. And obviously it, they might, might be playing right now and they still might not be able to get over that if it was the same weather conditions in that Indianapolis Buffalo game. So anyway, all in all, I think it's a pretty good weekend for me. So hopefully we can climb back up to get back to above even here pretty soon in the next few weeks. Yeah. That Indy Buffalo game was just nuts. I, I had my, uh, you know, array of TVs here down in the, uh, down in the old dungeon. And, uh, I had that Frank's one up dungeon? in the top corner. What was that? Frank's dungeon. That's right. I had that one on in the top corner. And, uh, at first I'm like, I, I looked and I, I was like, they didn't even have like the graphics up or anything. It just looked like a big, like white mess. And I was like, am I on the right channel here? Is this like a Game of Thrones replay or something? Like what's going on? I wasn't sure if they're north of the wall or what. And the next thing you know, um, the graphic pops up. I'm like, oh, there, there are actually players there. <laughs> yeah, that funny, that, that fuzzy TV had hit it a few times with the, the old cable, old school. Yeah, cable. exactly. It kind of, it honestly kind of looked like that. It was like, well, what's going on? Because I, I didn't, 
I uh, hadn't been following the weather report nearly as close as I uh, as I should have. But yeah, and I saw you you tweeted something out about it not too um, not too long before the game or not you know shortly before the game started, and I saw you put it up as a play, and I, I started watching the first you know ten minutes of the game, and they couldn't even get enough traction to get them enough momentum to even start running out the line that hard. And they, they sure weren't going to pass in those super huge wins or try, even try to kick field goals they're going for on fourth and seven all the time. And it's like, boy, is the under just stealing money. And I mean, I, did you have a ski mask on on Sunday or? <laughs> yeah, I just got home actually, so I ripped it off once I got washed in front of my TVs. But <laughs> that's what I, I'm like, I mean, never... under, over under, like legitimately, I was like, it should probably be in like the you know low twenties at the beginning of the game at five minutes in. Which you know, it's it's just crazy when you're talking about a total of what was it, forty or so? Yeah, thirty-eight and a half, and it got bet down a little bit before kickoff. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not the most the quickest to get information or anything, so I just kind of went with what's available. And I was just watching the, the, the few of the games, but because weather's obviously a huge huge key to to look at right now, so I don't know why, but I was probably one of the first ones to get to with the big move because it was pretty much at thirty-eight and a half, thirty-nine, thirty-nine and a half all week. Like I said, I got a 39 and a half myself, and that was about two, two and a half hours before kickoff. And, you know, slowly as two hours, one and a half hours, an hour, and then all the way up to game time, I got bet all the way down to 37 at some shops. So, but obviously it's a, you know, it's the right move. I, I still don't understand. Like you said, I'm sitting there watching the game. <laughs> I don't have, uh, very few times I say super confident that I really don't have to worry about the game at all. If, but I, I really had no doubt in my mind that I was going to be able to win that game. I was trying to think in my head what's going to happen here for this not for this game to get over. But I, like you said, they couldn't get any traction. They couldn't throw the ball. I don't think yeah. they. I think there was. I think through the first half there was like four pass attempts or something like that. Something crazy low. But uh, or no, actually I got it in my notes here. The first pass attempt for Indianapolis by uh, Jacoby Brissett was at uh, six minutes left in the second quarter. <laughs> so yeah. just uh, nuts. <laughs> just uh, yeah. That, if that doesn't scream under, I don't know what what what. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you know, kudos to you for getting that one in, and that's just something pretty simple. But it just shows, you know, it can be uh, beneficial or to your benefit. Just be, you know, pay attention in general, and uh, be on top of it on Sunday morning. So let's uh, transition here, and uh, I think we did a pretty good job of breaking down or you know talking a little bit about the week fourteen. Let's move on to week fifteen here and uh, jump right into this pretty. Uh, I think missing our other segment of the best of the number. Let's get into that here quick. Oh yeah, great, great. the best of the number. Yeah, I, uh, I totally overlooked that. I forgot to we forgot to talk about it a little bit before uh, pod and, and, and prep. And so, uh, do we got any games here that would classify as getting the best of the number? Yeah, I got two here. Both totals. I got the Chicago Cincinnati game, open thirty seven, thirty seven and a half, and. Closed in anywhere 40, 40 and a half, pretty much 40 across the board, but there's a few 40 and a halfs that close, and that game landed right on 40. So that's another, you know, perfect example right there of how you get the best of the number. Obviously, 33-7 final score, just a big Bears blowout, which I don't know if we, anybody saw that coming really, but, uh, de- so definitely a, a case there. And then obviously, like I kind of alluded to, uh, last night with that New England Miami game, uh, me personally, I got 47 and got bet down. I think most of the places, most of the shops either had 47 and a half, 47. I know a lot of places in Vegas here had 47 a few days before kickoff, uh, either Sunday or Saturday or Friday, somewhere in there. Um, so I, like I said, I got 40. <laughs> one of those days. Yeah, one of those days. <laughs> keep, keep it nice and, uh, <laughs> narrowed down. But, um, so, um, yeah, I can't remember when I bet it, but anyway, it doesn't really matter. The, so yeah, 47, but then it did get bet up before kickoff where the 48 was the, the cheapest available. So 
again, uh, could have gotten it for sure if you were, especially if you're in Vegas or shopping around and got it at the right time. But like, like I did, don't want to be uh, harping my own <laughs> horn or anything. But uh, yeah, so I got a push, and everybody else that bet the over would have lost that game. But so that definitely qualifies uh, for this segment, though. Yeah, and that's uh, sometimes it's hard to figure out you know, to project which ways the lines are going to move. Um, you know, not, not that it's a it's, it's easier to predict line movements, I think, than it is to predict outcomes. So it's not super difficult, but it, it is not super easy either. Uh, this game in particular, this um, you know, primetime games so like Monday Nighters, almost a high percentage of the time they're going to be moving upwards in terms of the total. Because and then a lot of times towards the favor, but even more so, just the total usually moves up because the public is more heavily involved in primetime games on Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, and uh, they they like to bet overs because it's not nearly as much fun betting unders as an over. So in that type of deal, you can generally project the line's going to move up if anywhere uh, with those two teams, especially with the Patriots involved. So there's a time where it's fairly easy to project that line movement, so it's definitely smart on your part jumping in uh, at the 47 when you had to get a push instead of a loss out of the deal. Um, so now, like I was uh, trying to get to uh, about two minutes ago, let's uh, jump let's into Week jump 15. In, huh? Yeah, uh, it's, it's such an attractive Thursday nighter, I just couldn't wait to start talking about it. I mean, anytime you can talk about Denver fresh off that blowout of the Jets heading to Indianapolis fresh off a snow game, uh, you know, Denver laying two and a half on the road in total of 41. I just you want to get to it as soon as possible. Yeah, just chopping at the bit here. Um, yeah, my power rating in this game, I had to pick them. Westgate hoping, which uh, we'll use this every every week. The Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas is what I use for the, the opener. We uh, mentioned last week from Jeff Sherman. He's a odds maker there at uh, the Westgate. He posted on Twitter, so that's what I go off of to keep it consistent. And then look headline is uh, from the Westgate as well, which is the, the betting line that you could have bet for the games from the week before. So uh, the opener here, Denver minus 2.5, minus 120. Look headline, Indianapolis minus 1. So pretty big adjustment there. Obviously through zero, not a huge, or through pick I should say, not a huge move. Or it's not a huge move really wise compared to like through three, obviously, but still something to keep a note, a three-point move here, or even a little bit more than that. But then Looks like a little bit of money on Indy keeping it where it should sit here. It hasn't been, it hasn't pushed a three, I guess, yet, uh, at least as we're recording now here on Tuesday. So, uh, but yeah, like you said, a pretty barn burner of a game, barn burner ish of a game. I don't know how you want to put that for Thursday, but pretty, uh, something I just don't really have much of an opinion on. I, I think Indy's kind of thrown in the towel. I haven't really liked the effort, but I, I know one thing for sure. I definitely can't pay much attention to the game last week for the Indianapolis Buffalo game I and mean, that's just obviously the way if you watch that game at all the, the flurries and the blizzard that was going on there you know you really can't take anything out of that game and any stats that you have is just basically thrown out the window so it's kind of hard you're basically going off of two weeks two weeks ago to a game two weeks ago for your data about how Indianapolis is and I haven't really liked in the last few weeks so I'm yeah definitely not gonna be involved here I don't think at all and a game I, mean, I might not want to watch it all either but probably have it on in the background. Yeah, like you said, just totally right off that Indy Buffalo game from last week. It's no relevant information. I don't think really can come out of that. Uh, it was a crazy kick by Vinatieri though when he made that extra point. Like I, I didn't have my, much money on it. I just had him in this pool where you're, you're forced to pick every every game basically. And I, I had Indy in about the middle of my confidence, getting three and a half. So at the end of the game there, when they went for two after they tied it up with a touchdown. Um, or, you know, they were down one and they went for two. I was like, all right, sweet. You know, no matter what, I'm going to cover getting a three here. And then there was the offensive pass interference or whatever. And then they try to kick the field goal and, or the extra point there. 
and Vinatieri was a pretty great kicker, but the winds were just howling, and he, he hits it up there, and I was like, oh, nice, he pushed it, you know, whatever, 10 yards right, and all of a sudden it just hooks like, you know, Bubba Watson, whatever, that shot from the woods, and the Masters the woods, yeah, years ago, exactly. and, and whips right into the thing, I'm like, oh, ah, dang it, uh, and then, well, the of fun, course, the funny, Buffalo the... ends up scoring the touchdown in overtime to not only win, but get the cover, too, it's just frustrating how often that's happened this year. The funniest part was when they're sitting there, they're using a timeout to sit there and have eight players clear the field for them to to, to, to have a clear surface to kick off of. But that was the funniest yeah. part. And it's like, do you really don't have plows or something you could put out there? There's, <laughs> yeah, it looks like they're in middle school. This billion-dollar industry would have more than just a few people running on the field and start shoveling with their foot. Oh, exactly. But, yeah, anyway, so I don't know. It's uh, This isn't a game. I mean, basically, it's just, you know, screw you to Denver is kind of my main feeling here after they just haven't tried and got blown out week after week after week, and I've lost betting on them or picking them or whatever, figuring they're going to bounce back at some point, and they just never have to finally come through with a great effort last week is just super frustrating. But as far as this game goes on Thursday, no real opinion, so let's just skip to the uh, couple games on Saturday here which I kind of like. This is the first Saturday games we've seen of this year. It's kind of nice to have an extra game or two. If you're really interested, you can watch it, or if not, you know, you don't have to necessarily. You can go out and enjoy your Saturday night. But if you don't have anything going on, it's kind of nice to have the option to tune into one of these games. First one we got is Chicago at uh, Detroit. NFC North battle here. Uh, looks like Detroit's laying 5.5 at home with a total of 43.5, 44. Yeah, I'm not really sure the status here on Stafford of how's his hand and everything, but he's obviously banged up. But my power rating with the healthy Stafford, Denver, or Denver, Detroit minus 7.5, Westgate open, Detroit minus 6.5, and, and the look at line was there's no line available at the time of last week. So obviously the Stafford was up in the air last week, and in this week it's obviously gonna, looks like he's going to play, but uh, again, it's just his status and the injury. He just seemed like he made some throws last week that weren't, you could tell he's a little banged up, and that's why. Probably made my power rate a little bit too high knowing that, but it's going to be tough to back a team laying points like that. But I mean, that's obviously the way I'm going to look to stretch up my power rating is the Detroit side. I just, especially have a big win in Chicago, now they have to go on the road again after a, just a blowout dominant victory. I mean, yeah, they open up the playbook and stuff, so maybe is a, a counterpoint to that, but I just don't really necessarily buy this, the Chicago team. And, but you know, they should, they should have a full effort, you'd assume, on a primetime game Saturday against a division rival. So, I mean, this is a game I, I just really don't have much of a feel. I'd probably have a small lean towards Detroit, but most likely not going to be involved in uh, this Saturday matchup. Yeah, it's, it's just a case where I don't really trust Detroit laying this many points. Uh, but I also think if Chicago gets down early, it would just totally, you know, possible against Stafford. He could, if he, healthy or you know it starts off hot and Chicago gets into a hole uh, it could be a time where they just never really sniff a cover the rest of the game too so um I don't know I just don't really I don't know where that effort came from from Chicago last week uh, I, I was kind of convinced I didn't end up putting a play out on Cincy but I was um kind of convinced Cincy was gonna take it to him fairly easily and uh Chicago just you know couldn't have been any further from the, what happened uh, I don't know if it was just Cincy kind of in a uh, you know, a little bit of a letdown spot after that demoralizing game, hard-fought game against the Steelers, and maybe that's just something you can just write off as a anomaly, or if there's something more to it, and Chicago's maybe going to be a little bit, uh, you know, more frisky and aggressive here down the stretch. I'm not really sure which way to go. I just don't know. I still don't trust Chicago, um, but I also don't trust Detroit to lay this much. So this is a game that I'm not 
super interested to watch, but I'll probably have it on and uh, almost for sure won't be involved from a monetarily. Next game is uh, might be might be what decides your uh, AFC West bet here. We got the Chargers laying points heading to Kansas City. Chargers are one one and a half point favor. The total of forty six. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my power in here, I pick them. Westgate open, Kansas City minus one. Look headline, Kansas City minus two. And I was going to say that. I mentioned when the when the lines originally came out there Sunday afternoon, I was going to ready to say it on the podcast. I'm gonna, I have the two my two biggest division bets on Kansas City and Seattle, and they're both laying points at home when I couldn't, you know, not necessarily disagree more, but really couldn't feel less confident about them taking care of business. I almost like both the other sides, and I actually did went ahead and bet uh, the Chargers. I saw some money moving this 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 number a little bit, so I I hopped into the Chargers at a, I think a pick 'em or plus one, one of the two. But um, I feel like they're probably going to get to three. I, I don't know. I don't know how the public's not going to be involved in this Chargers team on a primetime game. It seems like they're the the darling right now in the AFC, especially after a pretty rough performance from pa- the Patriots last week, and then or, or yesterday, however you want to look at it, and then also with uh, the Pittsburgh barely squeaking by Baltimore. So those are obviously the two biggest teams in the AFC. Now the Chargers have been the, the next biggest team, and I've heard some say they think they're uh, one of the best teams in the AFC, or, which I don't really agree with. But see, I, don't I heard know. somebody say today that they think they're legitimately the best team in the AFC right now. Yeah. He's like, if you put me anybody on a neutral against the Chargers, I'd take them. I'm like, I mean, let's calm down a little bit here. Yeah, was his name Skip Bayless? Or? <laughs> I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. But So it it's seems like you might be kind of buying high here on the Chargers, but I kind of more bought it not to, to play the game, really, that I think it's a good play necessarily. I think it's more just to, I think the numbers are going to get up higher because it's hard to imagine they're not going to get more support here, but could be wrong, but that's kind of the way I'm feeling where it's going to go. Um, but as for the actual game, I just don't really have much faith in this Kansas City team. It might be a little bit biased because I got some money on for the win of the division, but taking that out of the equation, it just seems like they, they looked pretty good last week, but you definitely got to take it with a grain of salt against uh, an Oakland team division game like that and Kansas City was kind of due for a game like that I kind of was saying that uh, last week or the week before how they're kind of you're just kind of waiting for them to show up and have a really good game and that was obviously last week and I think they might be able to get it rolling I, I, I won't be surprised really either way but I think that's kind of just a game and be fun to you know, good to watch but uh, I think that don't really have a whole lot of opinion side side here uh, and then I do also have a little bit on the total I saw that was moving up a little as well I feel like this might be just an over game it seems to me I think that the charger offense is clink clip uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Clicking? <laughs> yeah, clicking. And uh, it's clicking pretty well right now. <laughs> what is clicking? <laughs> um, thanks, Frank. But uh, no, so yeah, I got uh, it's up a little bit higher now. I got a 45 and a half sitting, market sitting at 46, 46 and a half. But um, I feel like this might get to 47 before kickoff, so it might not hurt you now if you do like the over like I do to, to lock in. But like I said, I feel like this might just be a little bit higher scoring game. I know it's a division game, but prime time and everything but I just feel like Kansas City's offense is working well after Andy Reid's not calling the plays anymore the last two weeks their offense looked a lot better granted it's not been a, not, not against great defenses but if nothing else it gives them confidence which I think is going to be a big thing because they haven't they have, their players are pretty much the same since the start of the season they have, their personnel really hasn't changed much and they obviously dropped off a ton from the start of the season so I think they might be able to get together a little bit and uh, the Chargers got a good offense. I know their defense is pretty good as well, but I think this might be a little bit more of a shootout than some might expect. So I, I like the over a little bit here. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. With, I lean to the over with you, but I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get there or not. I just haven't had a great feel on a lot of totals uh, for some reason. I don't know why this year, but there's been, in the years past, I almost feel stronger about totals than I have about sides. 
for some reason this year, I just, I don't know, I haven't been as locked in and, and it had a, as comfortable feel on totals. But I agree a little bit on the over. In terms of the side, I think the Chargers are a better team, uh, which everybody, I think, thinks at this point <laughs> and has been playing a lot better. But the way that with this price range, uh, it just kind of feels like you're, you know, you're not getting any bargains back at them at this point. So I don't know if it swung far enough where I want to take Kansas City or not, but I think that's the way I would look is uh, Kansas City on this one. Uh, it feels like the Chargers are due for a little bit of a kind of a game where everything goes wrong or a little bit of a regression game. But So I don't know. I'd, I probably won't get involved either side, but we'll see as the week goes on. I'm pretty interested to watch this one and see how it plays out. Um, <laughs> I was going to say with your you know, decently sized um, bet on the uh, Kansas City to win the division, would you be more upset if you put a hedge in on the Chargers this week? Because, you know, more than likely this is going to decide the division. Um, at least who won earlier in the year when they played? The Chiefs Chief. did, right? Yeah, I think it was 24-10. to 10. Chiefs. So if, if the Chiefs win, it, it should pretty much lock up the division unless something goes, you know, hugely wrong for him to use a, a, a Trumpian word. You go hugely wrong for him here in the Huge. last couple games against the Dolphins and the Broncos. I like, that you know, sound, but... <laughs> yeah, there's no way they should go, you know, worse than one and one in those two games. Would you be more upset if you put a decent sized hedge in on the chargers this week and then the chiefs won, but then you still lost your division bet by them losing the last two and the chargers winning the last two and losing the division. Or would you be more upset if, um, the Chiefs won, and then Oakland ran the table and beat them. Yeah, I don't know. Those both sound pretty miserable. I, don't, I might have to take, uh, put my hand through the nails uh, third option instead. It sounds a little bit better than either of those two options, but yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, it would be absolutely brutal to see San Diego come back and Kansas City beat them twice and then blow the last two games. I think it would be even worse if the Chargers stubbed their toe and then this just horrible, by all accounts, Oakland team ran the table and somehow snuck out of the division. But anyway, I was just curious on that. Um, I don't really, I'm probably not going to get involved. So Yeah, seeing, yeah, and having Oakland come back when you have Carr were doing his thing and you have the goofy dance and you have whatever that punter's name is sitting there dancing and doing his <laughs> yeah. ridiculous thing. King and Del Rio on the sidelines like yeah, an idiot. Blackjack Del Rio, yeah, exactly. And then go and get blown up by 30 in the playoff game after they stole their money in the division. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's head to the Sunday games. First one, we got Philly at the Giants. Uh, of course, Nick Foles is going to be leading Philly after the Wentz injury, which is Foles uh, train. You know, kind of too bad. Yeah, Nick Foles. Yeah, I just said the Foles train. Oh, okay. Yeah, get the Foles train going here. Uh, you got Philly laying seven and a half on the road with a total of forty. Yeah, well, I made my power rain here before this Philadelphia game was over. Actually, before Wentz's injury, so my uh, power rain twelve and a half. But obviously, that's without the adjustment. Westgate opener, there was no line at the time when I did this, and the look-ahead line, there wasn't a line as well. Um, there wasn't a line either, so I don't know. Let me check here what it opened at. I think right now, like you said, it's in at 7.5. I think looks like Westgate opened it uh, Monday morning at, uh, looks like, 8. And that was, I don't know, Monday at, it looks like they opened uh, Philly minus 8. So a decent adjustment, I'd say, probably looking to me like about a four and a half, five point adjustment from, from Foles to, to Went from Wentz to Foles, which I think I think is about right. Maybe I think maybe even I don't know. I think someone I respect quite a bit. I don't know if you heard Malinsky talking about David Malinsky on on Vsin. Said he thought I think that's only about three and a half or four. I think he said. Did you, did you pick up? Yeah, that? yeah, that sounds like it. I, I was listening to that too, and I think that's what he said. So yeah, it seems that seems a little light to me, and I respect him quite a bit. But um, anyway, that's his game. I don't think that's. I mean, do you really want to take 
Foles on the road laying more than a touchdown in his first full game. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't really have much to say about this game inside or total. We'll just have to wait and see what happens and see how much see if Foles can bring this team and, and glue them back together or not. I, I really don't know. I'm just going to have to watch and wait and see and watch. But um, as for now, I don't have much from a betting perspective here in this game. Yeah, if you made me pick, I'd take the Giants. But they were tied with Dallas like halfway through the fourth quarter last week at 10. And the next thing you know, they lose by 20. So, uh, you know, it's I don't feel too comfortable with them holding holding the game super tight either, so I'm not going to probably have my money on them. But one thing I would say is in terms of an adjustment, I, I do think that seems light, and Wentz has uh, been playing obviously outstandingly, and I don't, I'm not a huge Foles guy. But one thing I will say is I think he's fairly capable of playing bad teams and being a serviceable quarterback in the regular season. Where I think it's going to hurt him more is once he gets in the playoffs against good defenses, I think the drop-off's going to be even more significant. But We'll have to see how that plays out. Not that you're necessarily going to be able to benefit that much uh, from a betting standpoint, but if uh, if he um, performs really well here down the stretch against a couple of pretty shaky teams, I know they got the Giants this week, who obviously aren't good at all, and then they close with um, the Raiders and the Cowboys. So if he looks real good against three bad, you know, average to bad defenses and average to bad teams. Uh, and people will start talking themselves into foals and say, oh, it's really not that much of a drop-down, and they, they get a lot of respect in the market that uh, likely divisional round week of the playoffs, I might be uh, pretty interested in betting against them uh, pretty pretty heavily there, uh, opening opening game if you're catching a good number. So that's just something to keep in mind for me going forward. And what's funny is I was watching that Philadelphia game against the Rams. I was kind of just about ready to buy in about, uh, not necessarily Philadelphia, but about how good Wentz was because he just – some of the throws and the plays he was making were just pretty, pretty remarkable. And then it's kind mm-hmm. of funny how, literally, uh, less than quarters later, you know, he goes down for a season-ending injury. So it's pretty, uh, it's good from like the Vikings' perspective, but just from a football perspective, a fan perspective, it's definitely just you know tough to see between Rodgers and all these other injuries. It's just a, yeah, just, Watson, you know, Watson, yeah. And then you know, even JJ Watt on the other side of the ball, just all the injury. It's just a huge play. I know some. I think even Butter was saying. Uh, stepbrother there he's talking about all oh, you know some of these penalties and stuff but i was kind of like, like that a few years ago i think now the more you look at it, it's like i'd almost prefer that because you just look at the quality of play that you have if you have some of these key players out and how poor the the actual product is so well, even even as a as a vikings fan with how decent you know pretty good the line's been playing and murray has done fine but think if he had delvin cook back there still like he'd be he was leading the league when he got knocked out and rushing uh, I can't imagine some of the sweet runs he'd have with the amount of space they've been opening up for Murray if it was cooking there. Oh yeah, he was all right. I mean, fun what, that would be. no Adrian Peterson right now, but that's, the, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's a good point. Uh, so next game we got Green Bay at Carolina. The return of Rodgers. It sounds like. Um, this I don't know. This looks like Carolina's laying. And here it shows anywhere from four to six. I don't know. You got any numbers on this one? Yeah, I don't know what's available. I'm not sure if there's news that Rodgers isn't playing or what. Because last this this game was at two and a half. So I really don't have the latest information on this game because I really didn't want to. I wasn't following it. I don't have it at a watcher on our own sports or anything. So I'm kind of just disengaged. And I'm looking right now. It looks like he's doubtful that Rodgers is going to be playing with the collar with his collarbone still. So I doesn't look like that's probably why the line moved up. I'm guessing because he's probably going to be out. I guess that's what it looks like. So. Yeah, I guess. Rappaport had a report six hours ago that said Rodgers wants to play very, very, very badly, but there's conservative voices weighing in in the organization. They're 
asking about the risk-reward, which I wouldn't blame them because even if they run the table, there's no guarantee they're going to get in in the stacked NFC. And I think the, I'm pretty sure that his type of injury with the collarbone is one of those deals where if it's not fully healed, it can break again pretty easily. And I don't think that's something you don't really want to go down that road if, unless it's worth it. And, you know, you think you can make a legitimate run. So I don't, if I were them, I'd, I'd probably lean. And even their schedule, even if he does come back, you got a cold Rodgers going in at Carolina, which isn't an easy game. Like you said, they were, they were two and a half. They're an underdog to win that game. Then they play against Minnesota, who's right now the favorite in the NFC. And, uh, and then I don't know who they got their last game, but it's like those two games there, the chances of winning both of those, uh, even if Rodgers is 100% healthy, isn't that great. And even if they do win those and the last one, there's still no guarantee for the playoffs. So from a risk reward standpoint, it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense to bring him back, in my opinion. Unless he's fully ready to go, that is. Yeah. Uh, next game. Yeah, I don't, I'm not even going to say my ratings or anything. Let's just go to the next game here. All right. Yeah, next game, we got Cincinnati at Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota land 10.5. Looks like some 11s are popping up at home with a total of 42. Yeah, another game not too exciting from a betting perspective, that is. A, much opportunity that I can see. My power rating, Minnesota 11.5. Westgate open, Minnesota 10. And the look headline was Minnesota 9. Uh yeah, I don't another another game. Don't have much to say here. Um, seems seems to me like it's about right. The numbers where it should be. The one thing uh, I mean, I'm kind of paying attention to the total. It's at 42 now across the board. I'm seeing and I'm kind of waiting to see if it goes up at all. I kind of like the under a little bit. I feel like Minnesota has kind of got embarrassed last week. The pretty much the only bad game they've played all season that I can remember, or really you know, a pretty bad game on defense. Uh, got kind of torn apart by by Cam. A uh, decent amount, so I think they might come back with a pretty good effort here. And in Cincy, I don't really know if they're going to be trying much. They just kind of seem like they threw it in the towel. I mean, like you said, it might have just been the spot for them, but I'm not too convinced they're going to bring out a, a great effort, especially in a tough place to play here. It seems seems to me like this game has a little bit of a blowout written all over it. So I'd, I'd look towards the, the under here, if anything, in this game. Yeah, to me, this is just a question of do you think Cincy's going to – it's not a terrible spot for them after getting blown out and embarrassed by a below-average team. Now they go on the road and uh, aren't catching double digits, and they're they're a, they're a competent team. They're not good by any means, but they're not terrible. They're not like the Cleveland where they're inventing ways to lose and you know brainstorming in a room, coming up with more ridiculous ways they can lose every week. So if if you do think they're going to have a bounce back effort in them, I think this is too high and catching doubles seems pretty um, attractive. But I. I don't have faith that they are going to come back with a good effort. I don't have faith in Marvin Lewis. It seems like he's, he's got to be fired here at some point, isn't he? I mean, I think he's been there for, I think it's like 16 years or something. They don't have one playoff win. It's like, how, how long can you keep good trotting right him back? Yeah, it's just, just crazy to me. So I'd, um, it seems like at some point it's just going to, they're just going to totally quit and he's, you know, the whole staff's going to be on their way out. And I wouldn't be totally shocked if last week was the beginning of that. So, um. Yeah, I think that's it's a little bit too high if you have a fully motivated Cincy that's trying, but I I don't know if they are or not. Um, and and it is a pretty decent spot for the Vikings too, off of one of a fairly respectable loss, but still a loss when they're fighting for home field advantage. And now they're coming back home and they're trying to bounce back strong and and finish out the season strong. So, um, I don't think from a spot perspective it's a huge advantage for either one. So yeah, I don't really need to talk about this game any longer either next game is Miami at Buffalo uh the 
Buffalo quarterback looks to be in question, whether it's Taylor or Peterman or even Joe Webb. So do you, do you have anything on this one? Yeah, it's showing here that Peterman's starting, but I don't have any lines on here. So I heard somebody say today, I don't know who it was, but they thought that Peterman was in the concussion protocol and he wasn't going to be starting. But, you know, who knows? That could have been, uh, you know, fake news. <laughs> yeah. I think, did Trump tweet it? Yeah, I'm not sure. But are you, uh, did you order your, your jersey yet after that performance last night? I heard you got a, a quick wager on that Miami uh, to win the Super Bowl in 2019. Cuddy Shark, he was at it again, smoking Jay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Uh, I haven't seen one of those gifts in a while, but yeah, those are, boy, those are funny. I know we talk about <laughs> gifts here a lot on this show, but uh, that one's a pretty good one with a cigar in his mouth. I know, going head to head, you know, could give Cutler or Brady. You know, it's probably the unpopular opinion, but I'd say give me Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hard to argue with that. <laughs> no, I mean, any opinion on this game, or any numbers or anything? No, I, I think I, should I, skip the next no one Save their breath. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next one. Uh, we got Houston. Uh, talk about quarterback questions. Not sure if Savage is going to give it a go. Looks like he's doubtful heading to Jacksonville. You got Saxonville laying 10.5, 11.5 at home. A total of 38.5, 39, somewhere in there. Yeah, my power rating for this game, Jacksonville 11. Westgate opened Jacksonville 11 as well. And the, the look-ahead line, Jacksonville 8.5. And, and like you mentioned, he's he's doubtful. you got to bring in your boy TJ, the old D8 boy. and uh, He actually looked fairly decent. I mean, who knows if that was just in you know cleanup duty there and once the team game plans for him a little bit, he, you know, he's not great by any shakes. But he, he looked more searchable and savage, I thought. Yeah, that's what it would be interesting because it seems like a lot of those people uh, I get, we have a handful of examples this year in particular about people coming off the bench and looking pretty good in, in the middle of the game, and they come in the next game, you think they're going to be better, and if anything, it goes the opposite. So, yeah, we'll be interested to see how this game goes. But another game really not too interested to be involved uh, with from a financial standpoint. I just don't don't really see much value. It's kind of crazy. Every shows how good, the, I guess, the Jacksonville defense. It seems like every Jacksonville total here, bad weather, no weather, what doesn't matter, is kind of, weather's kind of irrelevant, but it seems like every one of their totals is sitting in, you know, just sub 40, so it just goes to show you, I guess, hats off to them on uh, that defense. But, um, yeah, I, just, I really don't have much here. I think maybe a tad too high, but I really don't want to get in front of this Jacksonville team right now, especially the fact that they keep uh, – even that, that score last week against uh, Seattle, uh, they pretty much had control of that game from start to finish, and they almost blew it at the end there. Gave uh, Wilson a shot, but, and, you know, it's kind of a misleading score. They dominated that game, I thought, for the most part. So I – Usually not a team that are going to win by margins, but uh, definitely a little bit different team there this year. So, like I said, I don't, I don't really have much of an opinion on this game. Yeah, I tell you, I'm not laying. You know, Jacksonville looked good and got a big win against Seattle last week, but I'm not laying double digits with Saxonville. I'll tell you that much right now. I just Bortles to me is not a laying double digits, basically regardless of the circumstance or or, or team they're playing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they cover. But uh, no interest in that for me. But I, I also just don't trust Yates. Like you said, uh, there's been a couple times where a quarterback comes in and, uh, you know, figure, oh, they haven't prepared all week and whatever. They've looked okay. And then you figure, okay, with a week to prepare here, they're going to be better next week. But it doesn't always necessarily seem to take a logical step up. So I think Yates is serviceable. And um, I definitely lean towards Houston. But I don't know if I'm going to quite get there because, um, you know, it's. It's just something, yeah, I don't know if I totally want to step in front of Jacksonville right now, either the way they're rolling. So um, if I do make a bet, it'll likely be on Houston, but uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to get there or not. Next game, we got my New York Jets, fresh off a 23 nothing blowout at Denver. 
uh, back on the road again, this time heading to New Orleans. And the Saints, wow, laying six, it's up to 16 here now. I suppose another another quarterback issue. It seems like every, every game here there's been quarterback issues. Um, looks like Josh McCown's out. I know he hurt his hand. I don't know if it's broke or what, but it looks like he's been ruled out. So I'm guessing either Bryce Petty's going to get the start or your guy Christian Hackencuss. Um, yeah, it looks like might, Petty. Uh, it's going to be Petty? Looks like it, yeah. All right, so you got Petty who... Might have thrown one of the worst passes I've ever seen in my life, and that's not much oh, of an exaggeration oh, oh, oh. on a critical fourth down. I was going to say, I don't know if you can, you might have to hold your breath there, because I think in a few games here, I was about to mention something like that, so I guess we'll have to, to wait until we get there. <laughs> yeah, we can put up a Twitter poll and put whatever your candidate is. Uh, the, the Bryce Petty, they're going on a quick tangent here. I was sitting there hoping against hope that the Jets could make somewhat of a comeback basically throughout that whole game, because I had them in a bunch of contests. I had him, my own money on him. I had him as my pick of the week. I had a two-unit play on him. And uh, just lifeless the whole time. But they were down like 17 or something in the third. And, and Petty came in from a count. I'm like, all right, maybe this, some of this will spark him a little bit. And they go for it on a fourth and three. The tight end, I think it was Ferian Jenkins, runs a little out route. And nobody on that side of the whole field, Petty turns and rifles one, and I think he overshot the coach on the sideline 10 yards behind the receiver. Like, it was – like, the guy, he, he could have jumped up and been 7-5 and I didn't come within 10 feet of catching the ball. It was unbelievable. But anyway. <laughs> that's, pretty uh, mild. Got, that's pretty mild compared to the one I got. But we'll wait and see. <laughs> All right, we got the Jets uh, heading into New Orleans. New Orleans is 16-point favorite, total 47. Yeah, I'm making this line like I do always – or not always, but most of the time I do them during the, the – Mid-afternoon games here in Vegas, my time, so mid-afternoon. Um, so I, I didn't know what the, the stats were with McCown. I made a line here with McCown and my power rate in New Orleans minus 10. Opener, there wasn't any time, uh, an opener at the time of when I, when I did this, so. But yeah, like you said, it opened here. Looks like it opened 14 and a half, which is pretty much constant Saints money, even laying the more than two touchdowns, so. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's another game. Do you really want to get involved with Petty? But I mean, that's the only way I'm going to look. I'm not. I'm not going to be laying doubles here, uh, double touchdowns uh, with the New Orleans team as good as they are. Uh, I, don't, I don't care who they're playing. I don't think they they should be laying this many points. And it's just I don't know if I trust this Jets team at all, especially with Petty. I mean, they've they've had a pretty good season. I think this might be a time where they kind of just pack it in and, and get ready for next year. Uh, so I. I just don't really want to get involved. It's kind of the same thing over and over again here. I'm not really saying breaking too much ground with these these games, but I'm not going to try to make something that's not there. So I'll take another pass here on this game. Yeah, uh, no interest in backing Petty. He just he's never been good. It wasn't just one game overreaction for me. He's he's been shaky from the beginning. But um, in New Orleans, you know, a little bit of extra time to prepare off the Thursday nighter. Tough loss against Atlanta. You could look and say, oh, they're going to be extra motivated because the playoffs are still kind of in question and they're right in the in the thick of things there in the NFC where they could potentially get home field or they could completely miss the playoffs. So they got everything in front of them. So New Orleans should be pretty motivated. But then you also look and say, oh, they just lost to the division rival and now they're double-digit favorites. You know, it could be, a, are they really going to be that motivated or they maybe they take this game for granted a little bit, um, knowing how poor New York played last week and knowing they're playing a backup quarterback and, so it's a spot where even if they do need the game and you think they should come in here and you know blow the doors off them, do you really trust them to do it? I, I don't know. Uh, but I also don't really trust the Jets that they haven't quit either. So it's like you like you said, and like I got mentioned in a few of these games, it's just kind of a question of these underdogs' motivation. If you can, if you could sit here the last few weeks and predict which underdogs, you know, those bad teams, you know, bottom 
eight teams in the league if you could predict which ones are going to be motivated and which ones aren't going to be motivated and just bet blindly based on that. Either back them if they are or fade them if they're not. You can make quite a bit of money here. It's just figuring out if there's any rhyme or reason to it or you know, or, or being able to, to figure that out. So I don't know in this game, and I'll just be staying away. It's not the name of the game, or let me hear what you're saying. What? what? You say just try to figure out when these underdogs are going to play good? Is that what you, or is Basically, but it's just all based on motivation. Like in, At the beginning of the year, you're trying to figure out like how good teams are, basically. And now I think it's pretty pretty uh, set in stone for the most part how good these teams are. It's just a matter of which ones are actually going to try. Yeah. Like a team like Cincinnati or a team here like like the Jets, if the Jets play their A game, even with Petty in there, specifically from a defensive standpoint, they, they should. this is too many points. 16 is ridiculous. But if they're not trying and they give up an extra touchdown late because they're not putting in any effort whatsoever – well, you know, then basically it'd be like covering, you know, nine. So then it's fair, very reasonable for the Saints to cover. So it's just a matter of if you give me a motivated Jet squad that wants to come out here and, you know, is pissed off after that loss last week, then I'd absolutely jump on it at 16. But I, just, I don't trust they're not packing it in and, and quitting on the year. So you're, you're trying to gauge motivation here these last couple of weeks in most of these games more than anything. Yeah, definitely. Um, next game we got is Arizona at Washington. Like, here's another example. How motivated is Washington, or have they packed it in since their, their seasons? You know, or I guess both these teams, really. But here we got, uh, Washington laying four and a half at home, hosting Arizona with a total of 43 and a half. Yeah, my power in here, Washington, four and a half. Uh, Westgate open Washington four. And the look headline is Washington minus six. And like you said, with motivation, I, this seems like kind of a tough game to pick, but I, I like, I lean towards Washington here laying the points. I just feel like, They've kind of got embarrassed now. You know, last week they got embarrassed at the Chargers and had a couple of bad games here in the last few handful of weeks. But I, I know Cousins. He's obviously got something to prove because he's playing. He's a contract year, so I think he's. I think this might be a game where they kind of show up and blow the doors off of Arizona. I just kind of have a feeling that this will be some game where they step up here and show up. I know they're kind of banged up and got all injuries on the offensive line and up and down the roster. But I think, like I said, a little bit of. Uh, lean here on Washington, especially if this line comes down at all, but really hasn't seen any movement since it opened, so I guess we'll wait and see uh, later in the week. Yeah, you got Arizona coming off a win. They've played three straight home games, and they seem to play better at home. They're kind of an underrated home field advantage a lot of the time, so this does kind of seem like a situation where their their season's over too, so after three straight home games, they go on the road here uh, off a win, probably feeling a little bit better about themselves than they should against a team that has got embarrassed a couple weeks in a row, and uh, now they're coming back home. You'd, you'd think this would be a pretty good spot for Washington. So if, you know, and, and I think Cousins will be motivated just because he's playing for a contract every year <laughs> since they franchise take him they never give him an actual deal. Um, you know he'll be motivated, but the problem is, is uh, I mean, not necessarily as much last week, but I thought he played a great game against the Cowboys a couple weeks ago, and they still lost by 24 so. Um you know, even if he is motivated, is the rest of the team, and do they have enough playmakers with all the injuries they have? I know uh, Reed, the tight end, just got officially shut down for the year. Um, and then Thompson's obviously out. You know, so I don't know. And then their, their line's been banged up perpetually for the whole year. So um, I agree. It, it kind of looks like a spot where you'd think Washington should have a pretty good effort if, if they have one in them still this year. Uh, but I also just didn't necessarily trust them to be laying more than a field goal here either. And Arizona's just kind of a wild card team for the most part too. 
I don't think you really know what you're going to get with them uh, much either, or, or Gabbard um, as well. So um, almost for sure not going to be involved in this one, I don't think. Uh, next game is Baltimore at Cleveland. And it uh, looks like Baltimore is laying seven on the road with a total of 40. Yeah, I mean, another game. I don't know. What do you do with it? Uh, my power in here, Baltimore 7, Westgate open, Baltimore 7. And the look headline at the Westgate was Baltimore 6.5. I don't know, another easy one for me. I, I don't know how you can bet this game either way. It's, it's either Cleveland or pass. Um, I'm, we see it every week. I'm sure we'll see some Cleveland money here uh, before kickoff from the from the sharper, so quote-unquote sharper handicappers. And Obviously, last week they kind of got gouged again, <laughs> up by, what, two touchdowns going to the fourth quarter and couldn't even cover getting a, a field goal at home, so that's pretty frustrating. Uh, back to what we alluded to earlier, uh, did you did you see that Kaiser throw? <laughs> well, at least he was getting hit where he played, where he well, played well, 500. Well, kind of, but I mean, he, I mean, he sits there. And I, I I think I saw him mouth the words there. I think he was saying 500. It was either 400 or 500, and he just threw it up. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I, I was going to make the same joke. I was like, yeah, if you actually, I, I turned the sound on on that TV to see what the announcer was saying. I could hear somebody faintly in the background yelling, 500! <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, my God, it's like uh, he threw it as high. It's almost like he threw it as high as he could. It's like, what are you, what are you trying to do? And it's like, I, I mean, one thing too. If like, yeah, I get it. If it's a situational, and they kind of do one of those things on ESPN where they kind of nitpick a clip to make it look a lot worse or something like that. But like the fact that they're in a close game in overtime, or obviously it's a close game, it's an overtime. But it's an overtime. So it's like, it'd be one thing if it was fourth and fifteen and they're down by twenty points or ten points. It's like, okay, whatever. You got to make something happen, but. It's just, I mean, this team every week just amazes me, and I'm, I've, I've been pretty good and disciplined not to bet on the last half of the season, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to that. So I'm not really high on this Baltimore team, but I'm, I'm not gonna bet Cleveland until they show me something different or, or something drastically changes, and I haven't seen that yet. So I'm, I'm passing here. Yeah, I mean, what a, what a historical run they've been on. They, they covered last week against the Chargers, but if you, if you throw that out, this week they're catching three and a half for some people. I saw a bunch of people retweeting tickets of. Cleveland plus three and a half. You're up fourteen in the fourth quarter, catching three and a half, and they blow it in overtime, and you don't cover. For that, the Bengals, where you're catching, was like eight and a half, I think, and they were down one score in that game, and the Bengals run out the clock, and then they have a BS pass interference on um, Cleveland, and then since he gets a cheap touchdown and covers there, that Jags was a fumble six, I believe, where they called one back, and then they fumble sixed again to to cover that one when they were laying or they were catching like ten or eleven or whatever, and. They uh, lost by 12. And then the Lions game where they were, I forgot what they were catching in that game, but I think it was like 13 or something, and they ended up losing by 14 when they were winning the game or tied in the fourth quarter. Like what a just miraculous stretch of unbelievable non-covers. It's pretty it's pretty impressive stuff. Well, the one I, I mean, game I, I think they played the Hugh worst. Jackson's job is safe. Yeah, I think the game that they played, yeah, exactly. I think the game they probably played the worst and didn't deserve it the, the most was the, the Chargers game. That's the one they ended up covering. <laughs> I know. It's like a bizarro world. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I mean, oh, I don't know. Yeah, what, uh, what, what can you do other than basically, like you said, is uh, you gotta pat yourself on the back for not playing them more because you know, it is one of those things where you get all these people killing the, these quote unquote sharp players for betting on them, but it's like, um, and you know, unless you believe in curses and, and weird stuff. Um, even if they are complete choke artists and you know not smart or not good or whatever, like so many of those situations are just so fluky, it's unbelievable. Um, but anyway, then uh, as far as this Baltimore Cleveland game, I don't know they really know or care or not that interested or whatever. It's 
not really too much of a betting opportunity in my opinion. Um, so like that's the last of the early games. Um, now there's what only two late games here, no three late games. So uh, the first one we got is the Rams at Seattle. Pretty good one here at least. Yeah, about Looks time. Like we got Seattle land two at home with a total of forty eight. Yeah, we needed a good game here, something on this card. Um, yeah, my power rating here, Seattle minus one. Westgate open, Seattle minus one in the lookhead line. Seattle two and a half, which kind of surprised by that lookhead line. I didn't know it was that high. It seems a little little high even at the time. Um, obviously, both these teams coming off a loss, I, I, but I, I think I put more stock in up or not not downgrading. I don't know how you want to put it, but I put. I put more stock in the better team in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a loss against the Eagles as opposed to Seattle's against Jacksonville. I think, like I said, the scores were pretty similar final results, but I think the score is pretty misleading in that Seattle game. And like you said, the Rams game was kind of a back-and-forth game. I mean, granted, the Rams did get pretty lucky there. They had that um, big play at the start of the game. They got that kind of a tipped interception that they uh, they got that led to a touchdown, and they also got that, that block punt that, let yeah, that swings well. a so. swings a box score quite a bit. That's pretty fluky there too. Yeah. So, but either way, I think it was you know, still tough, you know, close game. And then, but Seattle just had two quick scores there towards the end. That anyway. So, but this this game, I think I'd, I'm going to lean towards the, the Rams here. Um, I, I I think they like the Rams here, especially against the three. I'm kind of surprised. I thought this would kind of have the same line movement that the the Chargers game would. I, not just because I have a bet on both the two teams that, <laughs> for the division, but independently i think uh i just kind of expected it to both to go the other way but surprisingly there's some steam that came out in seattle uh yesterday and the day before and pushed this line up from a pick to one now two and a half at some shop so i'm not sure if it's going to get to three but if it does get to three i definitely will take uh, the rams here in my pocket and even if uh, right where it's sitting now i might even have a little bit of rams with some reduced juice in one of my books so i think uh yeah, I know it's hard to play in Seattle. I get that. I just think the Rams are a pretty scary team right now, and especially after a loss, I think they might lose a little bit of the, the public. That's why if Seattle would have won last week, I bet you this line would be coming in at least three. So that would have got, got a little bit more value, which wouldn't have actually affected how the game plays out, but just the per- public perception after one one game uh, played from the week before. So it's uh, kind of annoying that that didn't work out. But either way, like I said, a little bit of a, a lean to the Rams at this point. Yeah, you said it was pretty much leading score there in Jacksonville. Uh, and the final was 30-24, but Seattle scored two late touchdowns to even make it look respectable. But they were basically getting whipped pretty much the whole game. And uh, Wilson was throwing interceptions and didn't really get a whole lot going there till the end where they made a little bit of a charge. And they actually did have a chance to, to drive there late, too, to um, you know actually try to win the game, and um, they couldn't really get anything going. So I don't know. Yeah, the, Seattle, I think, is a is a lot better team at home, which obviously is factored into the line pretty heavily. And it's a this is a huge game, so they're both you know this is a nice situation where I like when the motivation is not in question. You know, both teams are going to be supremely motivated here. Uh, it's just a matter of which team do you think is better, and I think the Rams are better. Um, but I also I just don't know if I trust betting against Seattle's home field and um, taking. I like McVeigh a lot as a head coach. But I just don't know if I necessarily trust a uh, rookie head coach and Jared Goff heading into a hostile environment, a super important game versus a you know, veteran-led, uh, you know, Pete Carroll coach, Russell Wilson quarterback team. Uh, just kind of seems like I, I, my my instincts say take the Rams here, but I get less than a field goal. It's like I think there's a part of me that would feel pretty stupid and regretful if uh, Seattle wins the game, and, and they might 
they're the type of team that just has the perennial horseshoe too, where it's just random stuff bounces their way and you know, Wilson slides out of six tackles and throws one downfield to bounce off two defenders' heads and into the receiver's hands where he's, you know, out of bounds but the refs call him inbounds, like that type of stuff all the time. Yeah. So it's I you know you can't handicap for that and you shouldn't factor that in, but it just seems like it has all the makings of a Pete Carroll horseshoe game where he's jumping up and down on the sidelines like a total JA and you're just shaking your head and you're even more mad that you're losing money betting against that. Um, so I don't know. Um then you look at, I mean, Seattle has been pretty beatable at home. They lost to the, they, they, they beat the Eagles last time on Sunday night. Uh, that was a Sunday night game, wasn't it? Or Monday night? Sunday night? The Eagles? That was a national yeah, game. Was, yeah. Wasn't so, it? I mean, that, that, that win, 24-10, and they pretty much dominated that game for the most part, I think is kind of sitting in fresh in people's minds. But before that, uh, you know, they, they lost to the Falcons at home. They lost to the Redskins at home. They, just about lost the Texans at home with Watson in that shootout. So they've been really beatable at home um, against, you know, some pretty you know, average to slightly above average teams. So um, I don't know. Maybe they're maybe their home feels a little bit overstated this year with they just don't have as good a team. But so I don't know. I, I kind of want to take the Rams, but I don't know if I'm going to quite get there or not. Um, basically, like you said, if it gets to three, I'm, I'll be on them for sure. And then another pretty good game here. It's too bad they couldn't have split these up and had one early and one late. But another good late game is the Patriots heading to Pittsburgh, which what will probably decide uh, home field advantage here, the one seed in the AFC. Looks like, uh, are there numbers up on this? It looks like there kind of are. There may be some two and a half threes for New England, or what are you seeing? Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm seeing. All right, total of 53 or so. Uh, yep, 53, 54. Um, yep, so this game here. My power rate in New England minus one and a half. Of course, did that before uh, both the Sunday night and the Monday night, which both these teams happened to play. That's kind of strange. Uh, I, mean, I don't think we've seen that, that yet this year. Both teams play each other from a Sunday night or a Monday night game. but um, Not that it matters a whole lot. But look headline here at the Westgate, New England minus three, even money. And the look, uh, or Sorry, that's the opener. And then the look headline was New England minus two and a half. And opener hasn't moved much after the two games were played. Uh, again, I judge the opener on the mid-afternoon games before the Sunday night game and the Monday night football. So, but yeah, like I said, had really not a whole lot of movement. I really would have been curious to see if if New England went last night and had a blowout in Miami. There, I would, I bet you, uh, it'd been pretty interesting to see how much this line would have moved up because I bet you would have gone up uh, quite a ways. Just to show that it hasn't moved at all tells me how much it was going to if they would have had a really good performance because they looked about as bad as they could have. Not not as bad as they could have, but I mean. They look pretty, pretty uh, not not patriot-like. I guess we'll put it that way uh, on Monday night. So clearly, it's uh, kind of keep putting in check. But you know, even Pittsburgh didn't have a great performance, but against Baltimore, but they did get the job done. So I, I don't I don't know this game. I I feel like if you're gonna go anywhere, you gotta take the points with Pittsburgh. But the problem is, is I, don't, I really don't want to bet against a, a, a Brady Belichick-led team when they're coming off a loss like that. That for a big game like this, I mean, it just sounds like already has the makings for kind of a disaster that you're kind of going to kick yourself after they, you know, win this game by more than three. So, I, I the spot, not the spot, but the numbers tell me to take Pittsburgh as the home dog here with two pretty good teams. But I don't think I'm probably going to get there. I'm probably just going to you know, enjoy this one and watch it. Yeah, fading the Patriots off a of primetime fairly embarrassing loss which doesn't seem like a great idea. But you know, that being said, laying three or even two and a half with juice 
against the Steelers at home that play up and down to their competition and have looked pretty underwhelming because they've been playing bad teams and then or you know average teams at best and now they have their big step up game they've probably been head circled for a month here um that just seems like a spot where I wouldn't be surprised at all they look really impressive too so and then obviously in that price range um basically you're you're basically you're getting some people that have Pittsburgh you know number one or two in their power rankings and you're getting them as a three-point dog at home that just seems kind of crazy too so I, I don't know uh, this one will be real good interesting from a viewership standpoint and uh, i'll be real curious to see how this plays out it's pretty interesting that if new england loses this game uh there's a a pretty decent chance that jacksonville could sneak into the two seed in the afc which is pretty crazy but uh jacksonville their schedule here the last three games they play uh the Texans at home, at the Niners, at the Titans. So not, you know, for sure three wins, but three winnable games. Oh, yeah, and the one and thing you're not considering is I do have them to win the division, so I won't be surprised if uh, <laughs> Tennessee comes back with that that awful squad and somehow snipes a division from them after they go on three going on the stretch, Jacksonville that is. I guess we should factor that in, but if <laughs> your jinxes aside, uh, if New England loses this game, and I don't know how the tiebreakers necessarily play out, but... Uh, I think there's a chance that Jacksonville will get the two seed, which would be pretty crazy uh, if that ended up playing out. But anyway, no, this will be a good one to watch, and uh, I'm excited. Looking forward to it. The last afternoon game we have is Tennessee at San Francisco. The Jimmy G bandwagon's on the rails, apparently. GGG. Uh, yeah, it uh, looks like the Niners are laying two. The, uh, what, 3-10 and ten Niners or whatever they are? Um, yeah, 3-10 and ten Niners are laying points to the 8-5 and five, and currently the number one wild card. Tennessee Titans, total of 44. Yeah, crazy how the perception changes from week to week. Um, yeah, my power rating here at Pick'em, Westgate open, Tennessee minus one. Look headline, Tennessee minus four. And that's about all you need to know right there from that look headline, the, the, the change. And I, I do see a question mark right now on Mariota. It uh, looks like he's questionable, but assuming he does play, I don't know. It'll be interesting if this line moves much at all, but I would assume anything that gets at three, the Sharps are going to bite up immediately, but. I know that Jimmy G train that you keep speaking of, I think, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I've, I've been on the last few weeks here, but I might be, uh, if we take pit stop anywhere to get some snacks or uh, bathroom break, I might be, uh, maybe slowly, slowly walking behind. Not that I'm off, you know, the train necessarily. I, I like what, you're still seeing in the sight there in the distance. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I like what he's doing. I like the whole, I think the whole complexion of the team's changed. It, everybody's on board and talking about it and it's kind of crazy, you know, it's, it's definitely be an interesting team going into next year, but um, at the same time, it's just a point where you kind of you, know, you get overvalued and you're buying high. It kind of like you know looks like look at Bitcoin right now, and if you're going to ju- jump in right now, you might be okay, but in the long run, I don't think you're going to be making money. So uh, coming following the crowd like that, so um, uh, I I don't know. I don't I don't really know which way to lean here. I guess I'd I probably have to lean Tennessee, but I just really don't like this Tennessee team. So it's hard for me to put money on them, especially when I when I like San Francisco. And the only reason I'm really not betting on them just because of the adjustment. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It probably a lean Tennessee. If it gets to three, I'll probably take it out of principle, just because, like you said, the the differences and uh, they they really need every game here, especially in the AFC. I mean, if they lose down the stretch, they're, they're going to be tough to make the playoffs. So they they need every game and they're going to be competitive. You would you would assume <laughs> against a three and ten team, but you know who knows. So yeah, lean Tennessee, but not definitely not very strong. Yeah, it doesn't seem like San Francisco coming off back-to-back wins on the road um, is a great betting profile to back a team, uh, when especially when 
with Garoppolo, you know, all jokes aside, has been kind of a public darling. It seems like a lot of your average public people like him because he's not a whole lot of backup quarterbacks to get traded and have as much fanfare as he did coming from New England. So there's going to, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a public tax, um, which is very rare for these, these type of teams that are, you know, just playing out the string here at this kind of record. Um, one, one thing is if Mariota looks like he's on schedule to play, according to some reports I was just looking at, uh, I said he probably won't even miss much practice time this week. So, um, and that sprain looked like he was maybe hurt a little bit. Uh, but it doesn't look like he was, you know, totally hobbled like Bradford a few weeks ago or even Stafford. So, um, if he, if he plays, yeah, it's one of those things where you know, I, I want to keep riding San Fran, but the, this price adjustment is just too much. And, uh, likely won't, I, but I also, I just hate Tennessee so much too. I just don't think I can really back them, even though I think, at this price, it probably you probably should, just from a pure value standpoint. Um, but it, that being said, if Mariota for some reason has a setback during the week and Castles in the game, I won't only be riding the uh, driving the Jimmy G uh, bandwagon. I'll be up there with a bottle of whiskey and just flooring the pedal to the metal. Big whiskey guy now, <laughs> we'll be, huh? <laughs> we'll be partying our way to the bank. So uh, if if you can get less than lay less than three against Matt Castle, then I will absolutely hammer this game but i think it's unlikely to happen and if it does i'm sure there will be a at least a somewhat significant adjustment to it so uh, at the current price with the current quarterbacks i I think i'm out oh okay um next sunday night game is just an awful one i don't know why this didn't get flexed but we got dallas at oakland it's like the cowboys are laying three maybe some three with some extra juice and a total of 46 yeah my power in here dallas one Westgate open Dallas two and a half in the look headline at the Westgate Oakland minus two. So, you know, another huge adjustment. And uh, I don't know necessarily know if it's warranted. It's just a matter of, like you said, what's, what's, where's Oakland frame of mind here? But I think the one good thing they do have going for them is they're, like you said earlier, um, they're, they're still in it. I mean, CFC. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I like the Oakland side here. I don't know if, uh, especially if it keeps going up, it's been kind of constantly climbing up here all week. So. Who knows how high it can get, especially once the public gets a hold of it. And yeah, they were a big Oakland team last year, and they're doing good. But they're the, they're the quickest to jump off of bandwagons as soon as the team turns around. So they haven't been looking good the last few weeks here, and they're not getting much public support at all. And I, I'm not really sure where the sharps are going to stand here in this game. But I would assume that you take the take the dog here at home, getting more than a field goal, especially some reduced juice at three. So it seems like the bargain here is on Oakland, and that's the way I'm going to be looking. Although it's going to be kind of a a game I'm not going to feel too confident about, just more of a, a situational and a, and a spot perspective. It just seems like you got to take Oakland here, take the dog at home. Yeah, if it gets above three, I might nibble on Oakland, but they just, they, even that score last week was misleading. They just got absolutely rocked by Kansas City, and they, they're just such a bad, disappointing team just across the board. There's, no, there's really nothing they do well. They're, they get torched on defense. Their run game is basically non-existent the one thing you kind of hang your hat on you thought was the passing game but I, I've tweeted I think during the game last week I was like legitimately his car drunk like there were some of his passes and decisions where I'm like I'm like what what do you do like as he was winding up I'm like watching to kind of down the field I'm like we're, we're, first of all where's he even going with this and then you see the pass come out of his hand and just sail to some random part of them like well is he hammered right now or what's going on he didn't know him and John Daly were getting after the night before <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just hammering whiskey. He's like, "Oh, I got, I got, I got, I got a game to play." Throws his hands in the hand warmer and starts trotting out to the to the huddle. Uh, yeah, it was just bad, and I don't know. And so, I, I agree that that's where the value is. And I've I haven't been high on Dallas either. Don't get me wrong. 
the their score last week, uh, winning by 20 at New York was super misleading. Um, from motivation standpoint, they're both kind of on the fringe uh, of the playoffs where they're not dead yet, so they're kind of got their backs against the wall, and they both need the game a ton. So motivation wise, I don't think it should be much of an issue. Uh, but I just don't. I don't really like either team. I trust Dallas slightly more, but in this price range, I think the value uh, leans a little towards Oakland. Then uh, Monday night game, Atlanta, Tampa Bay. We got Atlanta laying six with a total of forty-seven and a half, forty-eight. Yeah, my power rating here: Atlanta six and a half. Westgate open Atlanta four and a half, and the look headline was Atlanta minus three and a half. And yeah, kind of sitting right where I expected to be. Uh, I, I don't know. I, uh, who do you want? You really want to take Tampa here? Uh, maybe I guess uh, that's probably where I lean. But uh, uh, if it gets a seven, which I'm, uh, I won't be shocked at all if it did. Uh, my power rate number is a little bit higher than the current market price here, and then uh, there's the public in the Monday night game with a, a big team like Atlanta. You expect this line to go up a little bit, if anything, or stay here. So I don't know. But even at seven, I don't really am not in love with it. So that'll be a decision I have to make if it gets there. But you know, right now, at the current number, I don't really see a whole lot of value really with this Atlanta team kind of playing for their life to to make the playoffs even. so And obviously I think they're a pretty good team. They've been definitely getting better, I think, warming up at the end of the season. They'll definitely be a team where they could be, uh, if they get this five or six seed, or they could be uh, kind of like Green Bay did a few years back and, and roll through the playoffs. I think they got a pretty good squad, and it seems like they're kind of just getting started. So it's kind of a scary team, I think, to, to look out for. Yeah, I would agree with that, assuming Matt Ryan can – play a little bit better. He just kind of seemed like he's been a little bit more hit or miss. And then also I don't really trust Sarkeesian as offensive coordinator and play caller. But I, I agree that if they're a team that if they do get going a little bit and, uh, you know, kind of find the right road, they could be a pretty tough out in the playoffs and somebody that as a Vikings fan I wouldn't really want to see all that much. Uh, as far as this game, I mean, Tampa, boy, talk about a team that just shoots himself in the foot left and right. I mean, I, just Winston and just the team in general and the coaching staff, and it just seems like across the board they're just such a, I don't know if it's just poorly run or, or what it is, but they just kind of got this bad bad juju with them that just doesn't uh, doesn't sit well with me. And every year it seems like they kind of become a you know a darling of the people saying, oh, they're about to take a step up, and Winston's going to take a step up, and, um, you know, whatever. It just seems like, I swear it's been the last three or four years, and every year it just hasn't materialized. And um, so I don't. I think they're, they're pretty talented, and um, you know they they usually seem to be in a lot of games, but then they just kind of shoot themselves in the foot one too many times, and they could easily fall out of this point spread range. So uh, I'd lean them, but uh, just don't really trust them enough either. So likely won't be involved in this one. Alrighty, well I think uh, that'll do her for the uh, week fifteen slate here. So let's uh, finish off the podcast and both give our picks of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. All right, so you're coming off a win. Uh, last week you had Atlanta on the Thursday nighter and uh, got there. Even though the Saints Ooh. gave you a little scare there at the end, they yeah. got there, and that gets you to 6-8 and eight on the year. So you're making a pretty big comeback. It's got to be, whatever, like five or six in a row for you or something along those lines. So that's Yeah, it's like an old-school Donkey Kong game. Just keep climbing that ladder. That's right. One, one wrong after the next until you get to the top. Or at least back to where you started. <laughs> and uh, I, lost, I lost on my Jets. That I, I don't know if I mentioned that or not on the pod, but, um, yeah, the Jets didn't, didn't come through for me last week. Oh, you were on the Jets, huh? I, didn't, yeah, I missed that. You know, and uh, so that drops me to, what is it, my 7, 6, and 1, I think, on the year. 
So, um, yeah, you're, uh, just about back at me, but uh, you still have a tee box, and uh, where are you looking this week? Yeah, boy, uh, I think <laughs> this might be one of the times with the bad weather, inclement weather, it seems like uh, the tee box to start off might not be the best best shot here. Uh, so you kind of get to play it, play it, see where I go, and then you get to play it safe or whatever you want to do, but boy, is this just a card that I don't have much much on. Uh got a few games, a few totals I'm watching. I, I didn't really mention it much, uh, that Arizona-Washington total. I, I do like that over a little bit. I forgot to mention that. But it's kind of been going down a little bit, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. I kind of like that, that game over. Two teams that are kind of out of it that you know, usually the defense is going to let up before the offense. So it's something I'm kind of looking at. And I, I would play that game, but I just kind of think it might keep going down. So, again, I want to get the best of the number. So I think I already kind of said it earlier. I don't, really don't like much on the sides for many games at all. Uh, but I think I'm going to look at that. Chargers Chiefs total. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over here for my pick of the week. Uh, 46 is uh, gonna be my play. All right, boy. This yeah. This is this is about Slim's picking as it gets. Um, I think I heard you, I, I hear you gonna top hop on your uh, the Petty Yates uh, teaser. Get, <laughs> get pushed over 20. <laughs> yeah, if you're teasing that, you should just uh, hand in your betting card and call her a day. Um. Boy, is this bad. Whew. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have any, even any personal bets in here. I looked at the card a little bit and just nothing really jumped out. Um, well, you know, you took, uh, you took a little over there. I think I might, uh, I might join you. I don't even think I mentioned this when we were talking about it, but, uh, that, that Philly Giants total at 40, I think, uh, they might come out and try to get Foles a little bit in a rhythm. I think this seems like a fairly low total for a Philly game, just thinking that they might, you know, have a pretty big downgrade from Wentz. But I think from an offensive standpoint, at least in the regular season here, um, I think they might try to get Foles comfortable and, you know, give, build them up some confidence against a pretty underwhelming Giants defense. And then you know, I think Eli's, it would be a typical Eli fashion where he just looks awful and Eli faces it in, in a bunch of games. And then, comes out and basically wrecks a team's home field advantage in the playoffs here. So I could see him, you know, maybe put up some points. So I think I'm going to take it over, over that total of 40 in the uh, Philly Giants game. For a second there, I thought you said you're going to go the same game and take the opposite side and go under. <laughs> no, I'm not that ballsy. I've seen the way you've been rolling. I don't I don't need to step in front of that freight train. Yeah, well, you got you got two trains side by side. You got the, the Rob train and the Jimmy G train. So we're, <laughs> we're like a horse race here, nudging each other out. Battling neck and neck down the down the home stretch here this season. So, all right, uh, there's our picks of the week. Rob's on the over 46 in the Chargers Kansas City game, and I am on the over 40 in the Philly New York Giants game. So, any concluding thoughts here in the pod this week, Rob? No, not really. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of not the best card, and we'll have to figure out too coming for, going forward here. I know week 16 will probably do another pod, but even week 17, maybe if, if we do do a pod. Uh, either make it very abbreviated. We only have the the key matchups we talk about that are matter or whatever. But otherwise, that could kind of might have to you know grab some a pillow or something if you listen to most of those games in week seventeen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll uh, probably talk about that next week and give a little disclaimer before we do the last week there before we go into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, but everybody, hopefully uh, you're enjoying uh, your you know the run down to Christmas here, getting your Christmas shopping in, getting the tree up, getting everything decorated. You know, watching Rudolph or Frosty or whatever, getting in a little bit of the, the Christmas mood here and 
looks like a great time to go shopping during the early slate of games here and get all <laughs> all ready to go for the the Rams Seattle and the New England Pittsburgh games uh, this week. So anyway, uh, you know, happy holidays, everybody, and and good luck here in in week fifteen, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Aron Sports Podcast. Check out aronsports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.